Yes, my lovely audience, it's a special good evening to you and welcome to the FIFA World Cup show. It's a special coverage of the ongoing African Cup of Nations all the way from Cameroon and wherever you are tuning in to this episode from, whether you're on the African continent, USA, Americas, Asia, Europe and Oceania, welcome to the most exciting informative and educative sports show on the calling platform with yours truly philip alimo and i have love for sports today on the program we'll be looking at the two games that were played earlier today but most importantly we'll be focusing on the all-time most successful team in the history of the african cup of nations that is egypt earlier on today they played the Atlas Lions of Morocco in what was a North African derby with the pharaohs of Egypt running away 2-1 victors. Yes, Mo Salah and Trezeguet were outstanding on the day and we will be sharing more details and news just coming in. Senegal have also beaten Equatorial Guinea 3-1 to book a place in the last four of the ongoing African Cup of Nations. Tonight, with me in the studios, a celebrated and renowned Egyptian journalist, Osama Gawish, is a fantastic and very, very, very successful journalist who has done a lot of works. But today, he's joining me in the studios to look at Egypt's performance and what he makes of this whole campaign in general so tonight wherever you are fasting your seat belt and join us on a special cruise but just before i'll come to my guest i want to give my audience a bit of background 
on today's game. It was, like I said, an all-North African derby at the Stad Amadou Ahijo Stadium in Yaoundé as Egypt and Morocco battled for a place in the semi-finals of the 2021 African Cup of Nations earlier this afternoon. The Pharaohs earlier needed a penalty to see off Ivory Coast in the last round after the two teams failed to score in 120 minutes of football. Mohamed Salah held his nerve to score the winning spot kick and send his side into the quarterfinal. Akimi was the star of the show for Morocco in their last 16. The Atlas Lions needed to come from behind against Malawi, who took a short lead in their round of 16 fixture. And in terms of the head-to-head record, this was the 30th meeting between the two sides and Morocco have been vastly superior to their sub-regional rivals. The Atlas Lions up until today have had 14 wins whilst 12 matches in the past have ended in a draw with Egypt only victorious on four occasions. On three occasions, today's victory make it four, makes it four. Their most recent meeting came in a qualifier for the 2018 African Nations Championship when Morocco beat Egypt 4-2 on aggregate. So that is it in terms of the details. But just before we take highlights of the game, I want to take brief reactions from my distinguished audience, Mr. Audience, uh, guest, Mr. Osama Gawish. Mr. Osama, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Philip, for having me today. And uh, what do you make generally of the game, your general impressions before we take the highlights? Um, to be honest, uh, I wasn't um, as much optimistic before the game because Morocco, this team of Morocco, I think it was better than the Egyptian one uh, regarding the, how many players playing in Europe, in a top-class um, club in Europe like Ashraf Hakimi and the goalkeeper. Uh, but um, the, the Egyptian team today and in Cote d'Ivoire team I think yeah they surprised me they surprised 100 million of Egyptians in Egypt we, we, we all happy with this performance with this you know determination to to, to, to go uh, to the semi-final or the final or winning the the eight uh, tournament for Egypt so yeah I'm extremely happy Definitely, I can imagine. I can imagine. We are going to have an exciting conversation. Hold your fire and let me give you and our cherished audience excerpts of that game between Egypt and Morocco that ended 2 1. Gamaski, as they call him, and he retains his place. Just a fifth cap for the Zamanek goalkeeper. And then uh, Ayman Ashraf comes in for Fati. Munir Al Hadadi gets an opportunity in place of Al Khabi who is injured for uh, today's cup. Good running here. This might be the first promising attack from uh, Morocco. Looking to weave their way around. What's the referee decide? What's he done? I think he's given uh, the goal kick. Akimi again suggesting that they want that looked at. That will be looked at anyway. There's the challenge from uh, Fatu on Hakimi. 
Now, did he make any contact with the ball or did he strike the right back of Morocco? Moment of truth here for Morocco and for Egypt. Penalty. This is a much better angle there. The ball was locked a little ahead. And then the contact from Ayman Ashraf on Hakimi. Sufyan Bufal has been given the responsibility of taking this spot kick. Bufal scores! Excellent penalty right into the corner. A teenager to allow him to pursue his footballing dream with Widat Casablanca's juniors. Bit of space now. There's a long range shot. Oh, Bunu makes a good save. It's just as good as, but Hakimi in full flight going forward is what the Moroccans really want to see. This is a chance and a good save from Bunu. The follow-up from Salah. Again, that left foot. In fact, Hakimi takes it. Just over the head of Saeed. That was a little bit of a bluff from the uh, Moroccans. Back in again. Chance all against the uprights. Agued with a header. Keeper got a touch. He turned it on to the underside of the crossbar. Floated in. Strong header pushed onto the underside of the crossbar and cleared away. And must go down as an excellent save by the hero of the penalty shootout in the last game. Backup goalkeeper, Abu Galal. There is some Kamal. There it is. 90 minutes gone then. A goal apiece and we will head to extra time. There is Salah. Still Salah. Little crossover. Chance to finish it. Egypt with Trezeguet. Salah with a pass. Egypt with a lead. And potentially one foot in the semi-final. Great pass. Abel Khan. Was he fouled? Final whistle. It's all over. Egypt have come from behind and booked their place in the semi-final of the African government. Yes, so that is excerpts of that game as Egypt booked their place to the semi-finals on the ongoing African Cup of Nations. Egypt are seven times winners and they play the most elite side after Egypt, which is Cameroon on Thursday. Cameroon have also won the African Cup of Nations five times. And Thursday's game is a repeat of the final between the two sides that took place in 2017 all the way in Gabon with the host Cameroon beating Egypt 1-0 to lift their fifth African Cup of Nations. Mr. Summer, um, earlier on, I heard your, 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 your impression about the, uh, the team and how uh, you didn't think they could go all the way to win it. And I've read opinions of other Egyptians as well who believed this team didn't show the, the, the metal to go all the way. But looking at today's performance, they've risen above themselves. And today, they've, 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 they've shown that when they meet the big boys... They did it against the Ivory Coast, and today they've done it against Morocco. What do you make of that performance from Mohamed Salah, Kabiski, Trezeguet, and the entire team? And the coach himself, uh, uh, Kairos, who has faced a lot of criticisms from the Egyptians. Yeah. 
Um, thank you for the question. I, I think let me start with the coach Carlos Kirish. He is one of the big names in in the um, coaches around the world. He worked with Sir Alex Ferguson in Manchester United. He trained uh, a many prestigious and a top class club in 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 Europe and also many um, national team in different countries. So we all knew about his CV, about his great career, and so on. However. Carlos Kirish, he came to train Egypt uh, with the Arab Cup in Doha last month, and he he, he didn't have um, you know um, um, how can I say that uh, the structure of the team it's been a change along the the the, the recent five years, three exactly. or four three or four uh, coach um, Cooper in the World Cup 2018 in Russia. And after that, Aguirre, and after that, Hossam El-Badri, and then Kirush. So plenty of players have been changed, have been played for the national team. There is no um, fixed structure for the, for the team. So his, his job, I think, it's difficult to rebuild a constant team for Egypt. So he tried many players. He didn't uh, put himself under a pressure of the, the two rivals in Egypt, Al-Ali and Zamalek. To just keep changing play, uh, um, keep uh, choosing player from Al Ahli and Zabalik. No, he he choose choose player from uh, some unknown uh, club in in the middle of uh, Egypt or maybe in the lower of the table in Egypt. Uh, so he 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 did a great job until now. However, many people in Egypt, you know, we we do like football. Yes, we have hundred million coach in Egypt. When I am sitting to to see to watch the game, I'm just keep uh, giving Kirush. Why you keep Trizegi in the middle? Why don't put Salah in the in the in the left wing or right wing like this? Exactly. You know? So it's it's difficult to any coach to train a, a, um, a team like Egypt and to work with a people like Egyptians. So he until now he's doing a great job. He, we are in the semi-final. We are in the top four in Afcon. So I think this is a great thing. The other thing is regarding the the team. I think before the Ivory Coast, before the final sixteen game, there yes. is two things very important thing happened to the Egyptian team. The yes. first one was Mohamed Abutreka, the legend of Egyptian uh, national team, and of course you know him. Definitely. Yeah. We'll be coming he, to him on the show. We'll yes. be talking to him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he just um, say on Pini Sport, he, he advised the Egyptian team that just to look at your shirt, look at the seven stars on your shirt. You are the hero of Africa. You are the first team in Africa. You have a great history. This is your uh, personality. This is your character. You should change the mentality. You are a hero of Africa and you can do it. The second one was Mo Salah. A press conference, uh, the pre-press conference before the Ivory Coast, he talked about the mentality. We need to change our mentality. We need to support our national team. And I think this is a fundamental uh, two messages to the, the players. And we, we all saw how the performance is totally different in the uh, last game against Ivory Coast and today's game against Morocco. It's totally different about the performance in the, the group stage. Definitely, totally different performance. And buttressing your point, you mentioned about the mentality. And I remember Mohamed Salah's last two press conferences where he mentioned that the national team, like you earlier indicated, has been going through different transitions from the point where he's been part of the national teams 
he's, he said he's played with more than 70 players and it means that every coach needs patience to succeed. And talking of Mohamed Abitrika, today Mohamed Salah has paired Mohamed Abitrika's record at the African Cup of Nations and ties him with six goals to become Egypt's most all-time top scorer in the history of the African Cup of Nations. Mohamed Salah is by far the best player to have come from Egypt, but he's not seen as the greatest player from Egypt. People believe Mohamed Salah has to do more to earn that tag as the greatest player from Egypt. And his situation is similar to like Messi being compared to Maradona. What do you make of that, Mr. Osama? I think for myself, for millions of Egyptians, Mohamed Salah is the best player in the world right now. No doubt about that. And for the players now, he's a leader. He's a great leader. And Philip, you can see his um, meeting, he's talking with the players before the penalties against the Ivory Coast. And he's just keep encouraging his players, his teammates, and keep motivating them. You will shoot, no, and you will shoot. And he's keep talking with uh, Carlos Kirish, the coach. So his personal personality is totally different in this tournament. He is a, a great leader, a great captain. And I think people in Egypt, and Abu Treka mentioned that before, maybe two or three years ago, when the people criticized Mo Salah. Abu Treka said, in Egypt, we do love our heroes we uh, uh, as much as we can. And we also criticize them as much as we can because we are loving them. It is not about we lost confidence in Mo Salah. No, he is our hero. He is one of the greatest symbol in our country. He is one of the best players in the world. And for myself, he's the best player in the world. And in this tournament, uh, specifically, Mo Salah is a great leader. He's showing his personality. He's showing how he, how pro- professional he is. Advice, he keep advice his teammates, even in, in, in the, the, during the match between the, after the second, um, after, after the second, um, halftime before the third and fourth extra time. He, the camera showed Mo Salah showing to the player to his mind. Just use your mind. We are the heroes of this tournament and People in Pini Sports, some analysts after the, the, the match, they said, this is the new mentality. This is the mentality of Liverpool, Liverpool star. And he's now advised his teammates in Egypt, who is playing in Egypt, not in Liverpool, to just think as he's uh, thinking. So, no, I think his impact in this tournament is huge. Is, he's impressive. He scored two goals and assists. And he's a great leader. And he is a great leader. Talking of his impact, Mohamed Salah, a recent study shows that as a result of his outstanding performance in Liverpool, hate crimes in, in the city of Liverpool in England has reduced drastically and he's seen as a role model to many young Islamic youth. In Egypt, in Egypt is Mohamed Salah's influence the same as it is in, in, in the UK and many parts of Europe and America. Recently, he was, he was on the face of the GQ magazine, uh, uh, which is the most distinguished magazine in the UK. And he was also the face of the Times magazine uh, a, a, year, a year past. So what is his legacy like in Egypt? 
In Egypt, you know, we, we have millions of people in under the poverty line, more than 30 million people. And um, in, in Egypt, to be a successful person in your career and be at liberty like Mo Salah, you need to do bribe people, you know, to make relationship with people in police, in the army. So we, we are struggling, our people in Egypt are struggling to, to have this success as Mo Salah. So Mo Salah in Egypt, he's a symbol of a struggle. How to struggle, how to reach your goals, how to achieve your dreams. He's, you know, our role model now to millions of youth in Egypt. So no, his influence, his impact on the Egyptian youth is huge, is a fundamental now. All the people now, all children wearing his shirt, his Liverpool shirt in the street. There is hundreds or thousands of graffitis in Egyptian governors, not only in Cairo. So the people do love Mo Salah in Egypt. This is a fact. Wow, that is beautiful to hear. And look at comparing the two teams. I want to compare two generations. The Egyptian generation of 2006, 2020. 2008 and 2010 that sets the record to win the back-to-back african cup of nations and to be one of the three teams across the world to have won the continental championship three times the other two teams is mexico the second is iran that generation never qualified for the world cup but it is seen as the most successful generation with together with the coach asan shiata um, uh, Abutrika, Gedo, Zidane, and the rest of that. This team, this current generation, Mohamed Salah qualified Egypt for the World Cup for the first time since 1990. This current generation and that generation, do you think have what it takes to win Egypt the eighth African Cup of Nations title? Okay, it's a good comparison actually because the, the, the generation you mentioned in 2006 until 2010, it is our life generation. Uh, I was in university at times, so we spent uh, plenty of time watching Hassan Shahata's team and Abu Trika. He was the legend of this team. Um, the comparison, I, I think we need to be patient to do this comparison between the two generations because I think... This generation, the current one with Mo Salah and Carlos Kirish, I do believe after tomorrow's game, we can do it. We can win the eighth uh, tournament for Egypt. We can win the Afghan tournament and we can qualify to the, the World Cup in, in Doha this year. Um, even with Senegal is a very strong team and we will um, play with them in the qualification in March. But, you know, after Ivory Coast game and Morocco game, both teams were stronger than Egyptian one. However, with the spirit, with the mentality, with the moral of Egyptian team, we won. So I think this will motivate the team against Cameroon. This will motivate our team in the final. I do believe we can win this. We can win this uh, tournament. And after that, I can say, yeah. We have a new generation that maybe will win three or two Afghan uh, in row, like Hassan Shahata's one, and maybe will qualify to Doha World Cup, and then it, it, it will be a two World Cup in row, and this didn't happen with Hassan Shahata's generation. 
Definitely. And to tell you something beautiful about Asan Theater's generation, I was privileged to see them play in Ghana in 2008 when Ghana hosted the African Cup of Nations and see them win the final game against Cameroon yeah, when it's, they played. It, it, it was a great moment. The, the goal from Abutreka, the struggle between Zidane and Song, uh, it, it, it was like a dream, you know. Everything happened during this tournament in 2008, beating um, uh, Ivory Coast 4-1, and Ivory Coast was with Didier Drogba and plenty of outstanding players, and we beat them 4-1 in the semi-final. So it, it, it was a great generation. We beat Cameron twice, one in the group stage and the other one in the final. Definitely. So yeah, yeah it, it was an outstanding generation with Abu Trekan. And talking of an outstanding generation, another moment I would never forget was in 2010 in Angola when Asan Shiates Mohamed Gedo came on in the, in the, in the, in the, as a second half substitute and in the 88th minute scored Ghana to win their third back-to-back African Cup of Nations in Angola. Yeah, the great thing, Giddo, it, it it didn't happen only in Ghana. It happened when in the semi-final against Algeria, and he scored. It happened in the quarter-final, and he scored. It happened in the group stage, and he scored. He was the the beautiful surprise from Hassan Chahata to Egyptians, and Mohamed Nagy Giddo won the, the the top scorer of this tournament with five goals for the first time in his life. So it was, yeah, an amazing. Hassan Chahata's generation, yeah, it, it was an amazing generation. It was an amazing generation. But one amazing moment in football that touched me, and I want to share with you, it has to do with Algeria winning the 2019 African Cup of Nations. But not just that, and with how that stabilized the political situation. And I want to read this special citation that I gave to the Algerian team in my last episode. Heading into the 2019 AFCON, eventual winners, Algeria, were fighting for more than just football success, with political injustices fueling the nation ahead of the tournament, in, ahead of the 2019 tournament in Egypt. Long-standing president, Abdulaziz Bouteflika's decision to run for a fifth term in office was not well received, as the dictator had not been seen in public over a year and had not spoken to the nation since 2012. Tens of thousands took to the streets in protest in the capital, Algiers, an act that broke the state's law under Bouteflik's reign and sparked protests across the country. Algerians protested weakly, eventually succeeding in overthrowing the president with the 2019 AFCON on the horizon. That summer, Algeria lifted the title for the first time in 30 years, and in doing so, helped to unite what was previously a broken nation. Although a spectacular sporting achievement, this victory will be remembered for the immense political and social influences it yielded, helping to inspire and to bring together the people of Algeria. And to my point, Egypt, I know, is going through a lot of political turmoil, a lot of instabilities, as a result of the CC's reign and regime and the, and, and, and the autocracy of the government. Do you think the beauty of football 
the impact of Mohamed Salah, Coach Kairos, this team, can it bring the nation together once again? And can it stabilize the political situation in the country, just like it did in Algeria? Yeah, I, I don't think so, because we, we all knew that, we all experienced that the, the dictatorship just tried to use the football and tried to use the popularity of this uh, football to just whitewash their their human rights, bad human rights violation record and their uh, autocracies in, in, in the country. We, we experienced that in Argentina in 1976 in the World Cup with the dictatorship, the military, uh, the regime led by Jorge Fidela. And we experienced that in Egypt in 2006 with Hosni Mubarak. And he tried to whitewash his uh, bad record of human rights and bad record of policies against people by just using football in 2006 when Hassan Shahata generation won the, the, the cup. And we experienced Sisi doing this in the recent year. And I expect he will do this in the semi-final. He will send a kind and polite message with his support to his son and to his uh, players, Egyptian players and so on. Look, Egyptian people, they are knowing Sisi as well. They are knowing the regime well. And there is, they can differentiate between their love to their country, their love to football, their love to this generation, to Mo Salah and his teammate, and his anger against Sisi, and his their 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 um their yeah anger and frustration and injustice and everything against this regime. So my answer: the regime will try to use this. But in these circumstances in Egypt, no, this one, if we won the, the, the Afghan, this will never change anything. The regime just will try to use it to whitewash and to say that this is an achievement of uh, sport during our era. But the people know, well, it is not. It is just the, the team players and the coach achievement if we win this tournament. And talking of players and the dictatorship of the regime. An incident happened at the 2018 World Cup with Mohamed Salah's image used in Tatarstan, which is also another regime that has been criticized for human rights violations. And Mohamed Salah protested vehemently and was against that and almost withdrew from the Egyptian team at the 2018 World Cup. Do you think most of the players prefer to stick to football and separate politics. Because like it is said, politics is like oil and water. It cannot mix with football and with sports. This is a very good point, Philip. And thank you for it. Um, um, I believe that the, the players now in Egypt, uh, including Mo Salah, they are knowing well the, the reality of Sisi's regime. They are know that they can blackmail them with the uh, uh, indefinite uh, military uh, service, which all Egyptian youth should do in, in Egypt. They can ban them from travel. They can destroy their football career. They, and even they can put them in jail. And th they are knowing this, so they are acting like we just are football players. We don't care about politics. So in this um, context, I, I, I should praise Mohammed Abu Trika because we only have one Mohammed Abu Trika in our history. The player 
who didn't play football as a football player. No, he played football as a message, as a valuable message. He stood against the military scaf after the Egyptian revolution. He stood with the ultras, um, the Al-Ahli club ultras against the military uh, scaf. He left, he fled his country. The regime put his name on terrorist list and called him a terrorist. So we only have one Muhammad Utrika in Egyptian history. And we respect Mo Salah. We respect this teammate. And we all know what is the, 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 the price if they stand against the regime. We all know that in Egypt. So I, I, I don't know if they should pay this price or not. I don't know. But maybe my answer is we only have one Muhammad Abu Trika, And that's it. Definitely. We only have one Mohammed Abu Trika. And Thursday, seven times Afghan winners, Egypt will take on host nation, five time Afghan winners in the semi final of the African Cup of Nations. What are your assessments and what is your prediction for that game? I think we will win this Afghan. Definitely. I like yeah. that. I like that <laughs> confidence. <laughs> yeah, no, look, after uh, Ivory Coast and Morocco game, no, we, we are a very strong team with great tactics, with great performance and with great spirits. Uh, and also we have a lot of plenty of injuries. Ahmed Hijazi and Mohamed Shinawi and Hamdi Fathi, they all are outstanding players. But I think the players and the boys will, will do their best and we will beat Cameroon in semi-final and inshallah. We win this tournament. Definitely. We are rooting for you and I'm supporting Egypt. But just before we wrap up with the show, I have something special I want to share and say about Mr. Osama Gawish. Your tenacity and your sheer perseverance is something that has inspired me and not just me, but I'm sure many of your cherished audience and listeners are listening to your shared story of tenacity that you shared about how you, you, you moved from Egypt, exiled in Turkey, all the way to England. Today, many young people look up to you and to many other, uh, many, uh, other successful people. What is your message to the young Egyptian youth who are playing football and each and every single day, they are hoping that one day their star will shine? What message do you have for them? Um, they just do, do your homework, just keep your spirit up and believe in yourself and, um, seek advice from experts, from professionals and, uh, stand for your values, stand for your values and pay prices for these values. 11 years ago. We stand for our values and we forced one of the lengthiest dictatorship in the Middle East to step down after the Egyptian revolution. I was just 25 or 26 years old. And you can do a lot for your country. Egypt deserves better. Egypt deserves its youth to do better, to stand against the injustice, to stand against all odds in the country right now. So just keep going and keep doing 
what you are believing thank you so much thank you so much mr osama gawish that was a very very powerful message to all young people thank you across me. the world and especially in egypt but we'll leave i'll leave our cherished audience and everyone with this special song from salif keta which talks about the convocation of africa and africa uniting and the beauty of the continent in his song teamed africa it's been exciting it's been great coming your way with today's episode of the fifa world cup show where we dwelt on egypt's performance at the african cup of nations and also looked at the impact of mohammed salah on the team and in egypt and with me was my distinguished and renowned guest mr sama gawish until same time tomorrow i leave you with salifu Keita's africa
Chepia, yes, sir. Yeah, my friend.